always being the biggest one, you're, you're seen as the biggest target. So mm. it, in itself, you already have an X on your head in a way. And confidence was the furthest thing that I had. Vulnerability is still a process for everybody. Very true. Ooh, you're already dropping bars, hey, Nick. You gotta come all strong. Right? You gotta so, come all strong. Today we're going to be speaking about losing 180 pounds in nine months. The reason why I asked Nick to be a part of the Parker conversation is because when we initially had spoken for the first time and he told me his story, like, yeah, when I tell you my mouth dropped, like I was like, Ugh, like, shut up, bro. Like, that's not that's not real. Like, you're not telling the truth. Um, and I just think it's, you know, a powerful story because someone out there has gone through something similar or might be needing to go through something like yeah. this yeah. and doesn't know how to navigate it through. So tell them a little bit about yourself and tell us the journey to three. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to just break the ice. <laughs> this man sitting right Yo. here beside me was 360 pounds. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I cannot believe, believe it. Me, I still don't believe it. I still sometimes just try and fathom it myself. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes when I look in the mirror and I look at old pictures, I think back in my, like my mind, I rem reminisce about... Just the whole pathway, like Crazy. from 360 to 180, nine months. And well, before I continue, I'm a Vern baby, Malvern. Vern baby, Scarborough I mean, Eastside. I grew up in tracks, cross tracks for those of you who are not geographically sound with the area. Growing up in Vern, you see a lot from geographical, demographical, ethnicity, diversity, division, separatism, like a lot of different things. And I think it's like a collaboration that brought me to that weight of 360 because everything, you either lose weight over a period of time or you gain it. So it was a, a lot of things that I went through from nine, 10 years old, from seeing death from young, um, not being able to really categorize how I felt because, again, growing up in our ethnicity, our culture, we're not really mm. taught how to talk. Tell them, what's your ethnicity? What's your culture? Trini, Indian, Portuguese, and Venezuelan. So that already, growing up, I'm 91, born in 91. So no fault of our teachers, our co-creators, but speaking and having exchanges about vulnerability and intangible currency as i call it like that's not something that we're taught and it's not a deficiency to our parents it's just what wasn't taught is what wasn't taught to us and it got to a point where i developed a lot of issues in school like depressions being becoming suicidal i was bullied a lot again always being the biggest one you're, you're seen as the biggest target so mm. it in itself you already have an X on your head in a way. And confidence was the furthest thing that I had. Right. I used to hear a lot of people talk to me about I'm this and I'm that, but I couldn't really resonate, reflect with it. Because when I would look in the mirror and when the other stuff I would hear around me, it used to drown out the positivity that was around me. Mm. And I wasn't able, I started to believe the lies people used to feed me. And it got to the point where, yeah, high school, I used to call my high school years, it was four to life because some days it really felt like a life sentence. I mean, from the things a lot of people took trivial, like just going into the calf, eating with people, like no, wow. I mean, 
I remember still eating in like where our stage crew room was. I went to MT. Shout out everybody from MT. Mm -hmm. I don't care where you cut. Yo, MT is BMT. There was a our stage crew room used to overlook. There was like a, a washroom and it used to overlook the atrium, and that was one of the low key washrooms that was unlocked. But a lot, lot, a lot of people travel by it. That became like my lunchroom because uh, nobody used Nick. to go. Yeah, no, yo, because I needed a safe place. For me, it was like I needed some place to decompress while I still had period three and four to complete because we had semester courses, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like growing up, seeing a lot of things that I didn't really know how to process just right. overall because things didn't seem right but it was almost like you're just supposed to take it and be strong again as a male testosterone is supposed to suppress a lot that's what we're taught again it's unlearning a lot and relearning a different code mm -hmm. and that took time it took process progression as we talked about before you know like I didn't really look at myself as worthy of anything and again I bought into a lot of the lies so I started to feed myself with the negativity and that in itself blew me up like a blimp west to east mm -hmm. you see mm -hmm. and it was one thing to the like next eating, one thing like to the e next. eating right. was food ex binge eating and because I used to look at food as uh, it was a it was a safe place it didn't judge it always made me feel good in the moment mm. and even the moments to come and it wasn't something that would talk back. So I didn't really have to wow. put on a different face to, right? Wow, that's deep. So when you look at food, like, I, that's why I can really, I get when people say, I don't know how to stop eating. Because it can become a comfort, like, in a lot of ways. And, again, we find comfort in things that make us feel good. And that's just a human trait. Because, again, we're spiritual beings experiencing a human experience. So... Do y'all see why I brought this man <laughs> to the show? Because... Yo, it, it came to the point where I had to really look at myself in the mirror and my body starting to speak trouble and it was bringing bass too. Yeah. So when we don't listen to the body, the body's going to bring a different voice. Right. And if we stifle it, then it's going to show us what's going to happen. I'm so sorry that I wasn't in your high school to eat lunch with you in the, in the, I wouldn't have let you eat food in the washroom, but like I can, I, that's actually like, it's sad to say, cause there's probably a lot of people out there that experience the same thing. Like they just don't feel comfortable. They're being bullied at mm -hmm. school. They have to find safe places. And like you said, food yeah. was a safe thing and never talk back and never like talk shit about you. Right. And it made you feel good. So exactly. that's, that, that, that is definitely an escape. So, you know, especially, you know, Caribbean culture, you were eating some stuff too, right? No, but that, no, but that was the thing. Like. I mean, at school, it was always the the stuff from the microwave because there was really no time to sit down and eat roti, curry, goat, and stuff like that. But same way at home, like, yeah, it was, again, the culture, as I said, all my cultural aspects, yeah, all of the, you know, the traditional stuff that we eat. Right. So, but in school, it was very different. I just wanted to be able to be, like, a part of the culture of school. I went into the calf one time, mm -hmm. and I bought fries. And I started eating the fries. I was sitting in the calf, and, you know, like, when you know those ones where you hear people talking, and you could see the eyes, you could feel the eyes, sorry, but you're not watching them in the eye, but you could feel the presence of them on you. That was the first and the last day I went into the calf. I'm like, mm -hmm. this is not a place, I didn't feel like there was a place for inclusion. But the thing was, too, and this is where we get back to vulnerability, I didn't tell a lot of people what I was going through. Like, some of the same people that used to bully me used to par with some of my dudes that they were okay with, you know? And I was like, when they started to find out later down the road, they actually got upset with me because they said, bro, we could have kept you from going through certain experiences. But that's what life is about, right? You get tired, you get trial, you get tested. It's how you rise or you triumph. But... That's why, again, now I speak so much because I feel, again, within our community, we don't have enough male 
uh, voices to speak about speaking is okay. Crying is the next thing. I cried a lot. And I suffered a lot of that with anger. So when I would cry, I would break stuff too. Because I felt like I was getting weaker as a male. Because I would cry about things that affected me, but I didn't know how to convey it to nobody. And that was something I carried with a lot of my years up until about 22, 23. And that in itself put me, it alienated me even more. Because I felt like, okay, well, in elementary school too, I used to actually eat f away from the rest of the children, not because of anything else, but just due to my allergy, right? Because I used to have a deathly allergic reaction to peanuts and everything else. Mm -hmm. So I still, and that kind of like graduated with you me were in all, high school. You were always isolated when right. it came to food. And I thought high school was going to give me some like liberation, Aww. but there was more of a, a suffocation, right? right? So graduating from MT was probably one of my greatest accomplishments because I was able to like get out of that four to life. I especially wanted to talk about this is because brand new year, you know, 2022, a lot of people in the beginning of the year are always, you know, really big on fitness, yeah. which is amazing. Like 100%. you can't knock nobody for trying to like, 100%. you know, start, get a new fresh start. Um, especially when we talk about health, uh, especially in North America, right? there right. is a lot of, I guess we would we call it obesity yeah. in a way. because uh, It's rampant. It's rampant. Right. Um, and I just also want to like put it out there that, you know, for people who are, who are bullying you, for example, in high school, not everyone who is, you know, bigger in size is just big in size because of like negligence or because right. like they are have like, a terrible diet and they just don't care about themselves. Right. Like there's other underlying health issues that like, pe like you know, people right. experience thyroid issues, yep. you know, just different things, yep. you know, that relate to it. So don't just assume that if someone is bigger in size that they are choosing that for themselves. Right. right. So walk us through what does 360 pounds feel like? It feels like living dead. Um, you operate within the functionality of your being, but you know that there's a bigger process to being your being. And I, again, like certain things I was able to, you know, experience for the first time after the weight loss, like something so trivial, feeling my rib cage, going into a store and not buying due to the size available, but just buying what I wanted. Because mm -hmm. I experienced that a lot, going into the store and wanting to buy something, but my buy-in was XL. And a lot of the brands back in the day, they weren't like, you might find a one too, but it wasn't as much as now where I could get medium and large like that. Right. And again, it's just the way times have changed. But certain things, just walking up steps without feeling winded. That's why when I was going through the process, I used to run up steps with a, a passion. And people used to yeah. ask me, like, why do I do it so much? I said, because I used to go up maybe six, ten stairs and I would be winded just trying to walk. And this is why I always tell people training is don't take it for granted. It's not a right. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. And even if you don't have your your hundred percent on that given day, give your hundred effort. Because heard I, that? Like, in the gym? every day, yeah. every day. And the body shaming thing, I cannot, I can't, I can't deal with it. Hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, like if I punch you or somebody punches you and you don't know how to heal from that, you're dealing with pain. And we sometimes, I think subconsciously, sometimes consciously too, we try and transfer that pain onto somebody else to alleviate ourselves. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that's like put, trying to put a gauze on a bullet wound. You got to extract the bullet or you're going to get infected. Mm -hmm. And the more and more we continue with that infectious, toxic reciprocation of behavior, it continues mm -hmm. and it transcends into the younger generation, those around us. And that's toxic. It's a toxic trait. Mm -hmm. So I started to, that, that's what enabled me to forgive a lot of people. Because again, forgiveness is not for them, it's for yourself. Right? 
And mm. I was dealing with a lot of skeletons that I put in myself because of that. Mm. And I had to really come to terms with, I needed to forgive those people I probably would never get an apology from. Because I couldn't walk with the weight that they gave to me that I knowingly in some ways, but unknowingly, I took it on. So in a, and it's, in a way, it's exfoliated. The, in the way, like the weight was like in your mind first. Yeah. The mental weight, again, like it's got to be spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially. And again, we wash whips from the top down, not up, up. Right. So it's the same thing. My mental was skewed. And until I got my mental 180 degrees as a straight line, then that's when I started to see clearer. Right. And again, third eye calcification, which we'll get into just now. But my third eye was so cloudy. Same with the mucous membrane in my body. That's why I was so sick. Right. You know, and tell three, them, tell them about the heart stuff. The, like that, that, was, that was a kicker for me when you told me about the heart stuff. And I'm just like, look, I look back at it. I'm like, he's born in 92. Like you're two years older than me. And 91. Oh, 91. 91, 91. Three years older than me. Yeah. And you've gone through that. Like, tell them about that. Because that's how, that's how severe it can get. Yeah. Right? The... Again, I was so sick that I had no, I knew I wasn't well, but I couldn't look inside of me. And it wasn't until, yeah, 2023, I, you, again, I used to smoke um, gravel with a passion and, and I got hooked onto nicotine tobacco. Stop being so loud for the grabba smokers. Stop and, being hey, so loud for us. Okay? I just, <laughs> hey, I just knew, no, but no, you already know, no judgment. Right. But for me, my body was starting to speak to me. And it was in that parking lot at Nielsen Ellesmere. I was with my dad waiting for mom to come on to 95. I looked at him and I told him, I need to, I need to start making changes. Like, I didn't know how I was going to do it. And it all started from that day in 2014. And it was, it basically took me to the doctor, getting my blood ran, going back to see him. And he's give, he, you know, he, he knew I was a factual guy. He gave me the facts in front of me. I couldn't deny the truth anymore. And he basically told me if I didn't make changes, I would basically die by 27. And again, I took that very personally. I took it pretty much as a death threat. And I said, okay. He looked at me back in my eye after he filled out the prescriptions because I, I had type 2 diabetes too. Mm -hmm. And that's what really got me because my grandparents passed from diabetes and cancer. So it was like, okay, you know. You're basically telling me I'm going to dead. Yeah. And I don't like that. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that and we're going we're gonna to figure something out. So he looked at me and he's like, you don't look. You don't look convinced. And I said, I'm convinced of what you're telling me, but I'm not convinced of how you want me to do it. Right. And from that point, I immediately, that next day, I stopped smoking. And Cold turkey? Yeah. Mm. And that was probably, that is what ignited everything. Because mm. those two months after that, I went through a lot of, it was almost like I was going through a mourning process because I was so attached to it. Like it's almost like losing a loved one. Like when you feel that, that void and you're trying to figure out how do I process this? How do I grow through it? How do I grieve? Right. And I, it was funny because I'm, I'm like, how can a substance without a pulse be holding me like this? But it was because again, just like the food, I placed so much into it. I didn't realize how much dividends was within it. And I'm like, okay, now I got to try and figure out how to live on without this. And it took me a total of eight months to really just cleanse my body. And what did that look like? Bring us through that. Like, what did well, eight, you eight nine months of cleansing your body, what did that look like? Uh, some days I felt like I was running up the wall. Like, I was, I was suicidal too. I was depressed because 
I was, I didn't even know who I was looking back in the mirror mm. because I was looking at myself and thinking like this person, I don't know who this is anymore. Cold sweats. I was going sleep paralysis. I was, I fainted a few times. Um, that, and then, yeah, which leads me to this one day I'm lying on, I was in my parents' room, lying on the bed and then I'm, my dad is there and I went through my first heart attack. And it's crazy when people say like, you feel somebody just holding your chest and squeezing it. And it's just, I held his hand and I'm, I'm gripping it and I'm giving him my phones. And I said, go to everybody in this phone and tell them, you know, I appreciate everything they did for me. I fought as long as I could. I loved them, but like, th I feel like this is my time, you know, and I'm, I can't fight it. Like I could barely move. How old were you at that time? Uh, I was within 23 going on 24. So to have a heart attack and it was back to back days that that's the crazy thing. Like I had no idea or ever envisioned myself going through that to happen for it to happen back to back. Like I doubled up on that and it, it really, it shook me in a different way. So we fast forward to the, my 24th birthday. And at that point, again, throughout that whole year of two, from that point, I was still eating what I was still eating. Yeah. I just needed to eradicate the addiction to the tobacco and the nicotine first mm -hmm. before I could even tackle the weight. Mm -hmm. So one step at a time. Right. One step at a time. Right. Take time. Right. Be patient. You, okay. can, you, can't, gotcha. you can't expedite success. All right. So you got to go. Nicotine. You got to go organically. So got up to my 24th and within from August to November, I started to educate myself on my biochemistry, mm -hmm. like what I needed to start doing to, to feed my cellular structure and not placate my palate. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was doing up until that point. And this is why there are a lot of people say like diseases are hereditary. No. Diseases are not hereditary because 500 years ago, we didn't have all these complications. What's hereditary is the eating habits. Mm. That is what is hereditary. And it's easier to do what's been done for years on years instead of becoming a pioneer and saying, I'm going to walk this road and I'm going to figure out how to make a different way. I'm not, again, it's not to throw shade at nobody behind. It's just like, I, I need to find a different route to a new destination, hustler code. So I started to educate myself and it was a it was an eye-opening event because I realized I was eating pretty much everything was acidic. And this is where I started to come into line with alkalinity, mm. Dr. Sebi, Dick Gregory. And this is where I started to realize like this is gonna be a this is gonna be a ride. You gotta you gotta let go of the ro the roti and the doubles and them and the things. Yo, let go of it. We're talking about the culture, right? And in I'm not like I almost felt like I was committing treason in a way because mm. I was like how am I not gonna embody who I am right but again there's many ways of doing the same thing and I started to just think to myself you know what I'm tired of feeling this way this is gonna be scary but I gotta make this jump so and see what happened was in the time of getting rid of the addiction to the tobacco I was eating more because I was you trying had to shake one. Right. One, I was yeah. like, okay, I'm losing this. So let me compensate on this side. Yeah, but tech time you got there. Right. Then you got yourself to the gym. Right. Mm. So I told myself, okay, November, I started to mentally prep myself. Something my dad taught me from young is before we do a lift, you always envision yourself before you lift. Because what that does is it mentally prepares you for the excursion of your body. I like that. I'm going to start using that in the gym. 100%. I'm be like, oh, girl, you look good up there. <laughs> Lift. I go, okay. Cool. Exactly. Mm -hmm. No, no. It, it might sound funny, but it really does help. Mm -hmm. So I started doing that for the four weeks of November. When I hit December, I looked at the scale. I'm like, okay. I wanted to be 180 by the time I hit 25. I calculated it. I'm like, 
180, nine months, 20 pounds a month, five pounds a week. Bro, I calculated the caloric deficit. I'm like, how in the effing everything is this going to happen? But yo, I wanted 180. I wanted that effing 180. And I said, I'm not going to stop. This kills me. At least I went out doing this. Mm. And the first time I was on the treadmill, it was 10 minutes, two and a half was the speed. And less than halfway in, I literally could not breathe. And as I, that moment, I told myself, if I die now, at least it's on the belt of a treadmill and not on the seat of the couch that I was so comforted in. Mm. I'm in a state of discomfort. Love that but, you for see? you. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's where I started. But those to, those yeah. discomfort, like that discomfort, uncomfortable moments are going to shake you and you're, that's put you in a new us. place. Mm-hmm. That's what chisels us because diamonds talking. are created under pressure, right? The VVS don't get it shine without pressure. Mm-hmm. And you can't Burst. chisel the piece of wood without pressure, right? Burst. So it came down to like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And from December... I locked in like I never did before. It was just get up, grind, 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 rest. Grind grind going to gym or working on your house, running? At at the gym, at the crib, outside. And I was still on road doing whatever. But same way, like my priority was training at least three times a day. Three times a day, mercy. Again, and a lot of people used to ask me like, bro, isn't that a bit extreme? And I said... I started in an extreme place. Like I have an extreme situation, so I gotta apply extreme pressure. Like this is, I couldn't do anything less or I wouldn't have attained my goal. Heard you. And it was just day after day after day, I just kept pushing. I could not let off until I got there. Fast forward to August 6th, I step on the scale and the thing didn't register at first for whatever reason. So I kicked it and I went back on it and it said 178.5. Wow. I'm so proud of you. When I tell you, I never cried in that moment, the way I cried in that moment, in any moment in my life, because I said, I didn't just attain my goal. I went a pound and a half underneath. Like what's impossible. Ah! Right. Okay. What's impossible. Right. They just forgot the apostrophe. Okay. Nick. A lot of people in the world are on the heavier side, mm-hmm. right? And if someone is watching this and they're, you know, they want to shred some weight, mm-hmm. obviously that's a drastic 180 pounds in nine months. Like you said, 20 pounds a month, yeah. five pounds a week. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. What, how could you meant, like, what would you say to someone who's going through that? And you're like, how, how do they mentally lock in? Like what happens when they feel the same thing when you're on the treadmill and you're like, I'm about to die, but at least I died here. Like what, what? advice can you give someone who is trying to navigate this journey or trying to start this journey to you know a healthier lifestyle in a sense you got to pray you've got to pray prayer has to be at the forefront of your engine like I had a a really good support system um when I finally started to talk I didn't realize the blessings that were really around me until I started to bring them closer. Like, cause again, I always felt like being a Leo and being a dude, like I could just handle everything. And I was basically with a weighted bar in my PR doing weighted squats with everything on my back. And it got to the point where it got too much until I started to open up and prayer, making sure you're around people that really want to see you triumph. Like they want to see you happy. Like your happiness makes them happy. Like they don't want nothing but, intangible currency they just they want to see you thrive and making sure that you you take again as we said take time you know grace patience allowance gpa like don't rush yourself Mm -hmm. take each day as it comes be patient with yourself do not apply too much mental pressure 
every drop Maybe of sweat. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, got, yeah. And even myself to this day, sometimes I still got to catch myself and I have these talks with myself in the mirror and be like, I need to give myself more allowance because when we give ourselves that allowance, we're able to pay more into us. Mm-hmm. Right. Are you where you want to be in terms of like, like you're, you're now 180? Um, I, st- I keep between 175 and 180. Are you yeah. like content now? Like if your I, body feels good, like you're... Oh, 100%. Hey, 100%. I'm, I'm aiming to probably go up to 190. Like I've been, you know, discussing with a few people just in, in the industry of fitness and they feel like, I mean, 10 more pounds, I could carry it. My biggest thing was growing up, I never could run. So as long as I can maintain my weight and still develop, keep my mobility and my agility, I'm with it. Because my joints, again, they've been through enough with the excess weight, I always have to be mindful of that. And that's why even now I don't, um, I don't squat with the bar. Like I, I haven't done regular squats or any type of squats. I always have to use either the hack squat machine or just different variations with kettlebells, um, just different machines. Just These because, yeah, because so there's long term effects. A hundred percent. Because my tailbone, my knees, my hip, certain things got out of place, and that in itself, lower body pain is is pain sometimes. And again, I think sometimes we conform to it based off of conditioning, right. but at the same time, like the, the, I mean, my ligaments and stuff for the most part have, they've bounced back, but I'm still very cautious, especially with my legs because I love to run too. So mm-hmm. I have to just always make sure I'm in that, not really a comfortable place, but as, as healthy for my body. Heard you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just I just want everybody to know that I'm I'm proud of you ahead of time if that's a journey that you're on or thinking about it. Um hopefully something that he's saying don't is Don't give up. Yeah. Don't just, give up. There's rewards, you know, and and a lot of these tough moments in life, we really got to push through them. The growth, you got to push through growth. I think a lot of people think that growth feels good. It's like it's like it's a bunch of success, success, yeah. success moments and it's really like it's some moments you're just like I can't Fuck this. I said it on camera. Not nah, real. No, that's you know exactly what, I mean? what it is. Like, there's sunny days, but there's rain too. Right. There's sleet, there's snow, there's slush, right. there's sandstorms. Like, right. you got to be able to, like, come to terms with embracing and enduring the climate of life. And in full circle, right? So I met Nick w- recently, and Nick has become my health guru. <laughs> like, he is the one I'll everyone's like, <laughs> you know, I'm on, I'm personally like, you know, this is like a big episode for me too, because mm-hmm. I've been on a health journey. Like I've been recently in the gym yep. three times a week. I have a trainer that's like, you know, holding me accountable. Shout out to Rowan. Yep. Um, and what you've taught me in the last little bit is so important. So like, you know, see it on your shirt. See it there? Mm-hmm. Mama's Moss, Toronto yeah. brand. Um, he provides, yeah, they, they make... All sea moss products. Irish moss is different. It's different. If you're Caribbean, <laughs> especially, that's different. Like, I'm addicted. Um, but even, like, the sea moss, I use their products every single day. And I put, like, sea moss in my my smoothies. Mm-hmm. Um, I've now tried to, like, get my family on it. So just tell them a little bit about, like, sea moss and the benefits of it. Sea moss, it's, it's a superfood. Because it contains 92 of the 102 minerals the body needs. And no matter who it is, like once your body's in its right alkaline state, it can produce vitamins. But we all got to ingest minerals. And being a vegan now of four years, going on five, sorry, because we're in 22 now, I'm so mindful of what goes into my body. Mm -hmm. Because if you think of it, we don't, we want to put the best fuel into the body because we'll run at that optimal. So still bun, still, still bun weed, but no grabber. 
ascending. There you go. 100. That's what that, I like to hear. That's a daily thing. That's what I, I like stopped to drinking hear. in 2017. He's looking at us like he's but looking. Yeah. Our cameraman's looking at hey. us like. Mm-mm. A lot of it. No, a lot of people <laughs> ask me that. They're like, so, bro, now that you've, you you started, no, it's not that. It's just that's from the earth. Hey, Fight me. It's a flower. Let's go. Right. You. I mean. Right. right? But it's uh, that's what he's he's basically taught me. Like the, uh, like to be alkaline. Like the, essentially, like if you're complete alkaline. Disease can't exist in something right. that's alkaline. Because when the, it goes back to the mucous membrane. So when the mucous membrane is clogged, you that's where diseases breed. And the only way is you got to exfoliate, eradicate the mucus. And that's why fasting is such an important thing. Ooh. People ask me all the time, is fasting just because you're vegan? You don't need to lose weight anymore? No, it's there's a saying, you starve the flesh, you feed your soul. And when you abstain, you tough. gain. Right. And having gone through the different levels of the fasting from just raw fruits and vegetables all the way to breatharian, you see a lot more about yourself. You go, you take like an inner scope. You start to feel and see things that you wouldn't. You start to decalcify the third eye. And that's why I always say, like, if you're only seeing out of your two physical eyes, you're not seeing complete clarity. There's more to life for sure. Exactly. So this is a challenge. The 2022, like, um, I think a lot more of us, including myself, I'm saying it here. I'm actually going to, you know, take part in more fasting this year because mm-hmm. I think, you mm-hmm. know, one of our previous episodes was on seven months of no sex. Mm-hmm. That's like the fasting of like the physical, like the lust, like flesh that does something to people. Like even with you know, we talk about food, yeah, yeah, super important. Like you know, I I, I always admired even like Ramadan and like the you know mm-hmm. in Islam, right. you know. Yeah. And how the principle is just like a reminder that right. there's people in the world that don't have that. Yeah. So when we're complaining about I'm so hungry and I need extra and da, 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 like this, it's a humbling experience actually when you, you like take away from your body because your body doesn't actually need all that. A hundred percent. It's interesting you brought up, you know, about the seven months, like in that way, again, seven my number, as you know, celibacy is a powerful thing. Yeah. Like, and you know, a lot only like the school, like my circle really noticed, but I mean, again, vulnerability is strength. That's something for me. Celibacy has been a personal commitment I made to myself at 14 years old. So mm. at 30 years old, like, again, people like to praise me for a lot of things, but wow. yeah, celibacy, yeah. A hundred percent. Oh, wow. A hundred percent. Yo, and you heard it here first. <laughs> this is one of those that, ones that was, That's yeah. big. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's it. integral. You are whole. It. You are whole. Don't look it. at me. Don't look at me, okay? Don't look at me. My whole pick me on thing. No judgment. No judgment. No judgment. That's just, that was just, that's just my path. My story, you know? So discipline. You were just like a walking book of discipline. Not You didn't always have it, but you worked for it. Grew with it, right? And it came a time, but... You're right. Again, when again when we abstain, we gain. So when we we know what we're putting into the body, we receive it on a different level. Right. So going back to the CMOS, like when we because we carry the capsules as well. Mm-hmm. So when you have the capsules with the gel, you're getting your 102 minerals. So your body is getting nourished on a mineral level that it cannot be otherwise. And I promise you, y'all, I have been taking the CMOS and the capsules, and I get the full 102. And when yeah, I first started taking you're consistent, it, 100%. like, I would wake up early to drop Z to daycare at 8 o'clock in the morning. By, like, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm still, like, wide awake. Like, I just had too much energy, the and energy I was like, I don't know different. where the energy's coming from. <laughs> also, I did get sick at first. Just my body was, like, I guess, like, flushing out all the, the bad exactly. shit. And exactly. making new, like, you yes. know, way for some new shit. So... And that's something else that's very important. When you start to fast or you start to just go through a health change, when you get sick or you feel it even has the same common 
signs of a cold or a flu. Those are good signs because you have to think about it. The body is starting to exfoliate, so it's going to go through stuff. You're not going to feel A1 every day. If you are, that's why some, some people tell me, like, bro, I'm fasting. How are you feeling, though? And they'll be like, oh, I'm feeling the same. No, no change. Like, okay, it's cat. Because I know exactly what it's about. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I'd rather people just be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no... You don't get a, a, an award for saying that you're not feeling how you're feeling. Just be real with it. Right. You know? We're doing that all 2022. Exactly. Intent. So, and if you ever need any health... Um, any health advice, any, like, dietary, you know, questions, um, this is the guy that I've put a lot of people on to, to, like, just ask questions. And he's always, you know, been more than you know, open to your information, your knowledge, you spread the knowledge. It doesn't cost nothing to do that. Exactly. Um, it's such a, it, it's really a blessing to also like have you in that corner of, of health and I just keep us it. accountable too. Right. I you keep me accountable. It. So i um, proud of you. Already Someone know. out there is watching. You already know. 180 pounds in nine months from 360. I'm going to make sure I put a picture there so people can like see for true. Before, for true. Yeah. Like, yo. Cause I, I look at the pictures every day and I, I'm grateful. It, it keeps me in a state of being humble, you know, humility right. cloak for clothes. And like we talked about before, like the LTE frequency, when you listen to your soul, you talk with your heart, you execute with your third eye, you're going to see a different life.